Welcome to the Parent Toolbox podcast from the Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Center. We are a not-for-profit organization helping families with day-to-day parenting ups and downs from expectancy to teen. Welcome to Inventive Minds Child Youth and Family Support Center. I'm Rose. I'm the founder of the institution. We are a not-for-profit organization helping families with their day-to-day parenting, keeping them up to date with research related to pediatric and parenting. Inventive Minds carries early year center for children from newborn to five years and private elementary schools open to international students. Inventive Minds also helps families going through separation, divorce by helping families through mediation, arbitration, parent coordination, across Canada and internationally. We conduct child voice reports for court purposes or parenting courses for families struggling with CAS or separation. To learn more about us, please visit us at inventivekids.com. If you'd like to have access to all of this in Farsi, you can also reach us at inventivefamilycenter.com. Today, we got Shauna, and uh, I'm going to have her do a full introduction of herself, her background, her experiences, and why she's here, and then we're going to dip into some fun questions today. Thanks for inviting me back. So my name is Shauna Hughes. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. Um, I specialize in children's nutrition, and I also further specialize in nutrition and lifestyle coaching for attention hyperactivity disorder. Today, we're going to be talking about something different, which I actually used to specialize in. So when I first finished uh, nutrition school, I actually did specialize in weight control for children. Typically, I use a combination of holistic nutrition supplements, lifestyle coaching. And when I'm dealing with private clients and I have private coaching, and also group programs that I offer. That's wonderful. And I know as a parent myself, food has been a big topic in our family, also because of what is expected through the social media when it comes to early years, adolescence, pre-adolescence and teen. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation together today. Why don't we start by asking us, what are proper portion sizes for toddlers and preschoolers? Is there an easy way to know how much of each food is ideal meal amount? I just want to point out the reason I like to tell people these guidelines is because unfortunately, many of us now, like in modern days, there's not as many children born. A lot of us don't have experience with feeding children at all. I know when I had my first daughter, and I really had no idea how much food she was supposed to be eating throughout the day. And it can be quite stressful for parents when they don't see their kids really gobbling up the food in large amounts. So we do have some general guidelines that are worked out by dietitians and food scientists. And for toddlers being young children between ages one to three, we typically say, for each food type, so whether it's a fruit, a vegetable, a type of meat or rice, we want to aim for about two tablespoons of that particular food. You know, two tablespoons of rice, two tablespoons of beans, two tablespoons of apple slicing, pieces of apple, what have you. And that's not to say that's a whole meal, but that's just a general guideline. For a snack, you would probably go for maybe four tablespoons of food. For a meal, you would double it. And then how many foods were there would be dependent on your choice. And with preschoolers, we usually just say about half of what an adult would eat. It usually ends up being about a half a cup. So half a cup of cooked grains, half of a fruit, half of a bagel, half a cup of cooked oatmeal, what you would eat in half more like a cup and a half for a meal. That's just sort of a guideline, certainly not something I would expect anyone to actually measure out in tablespoons, anything for their kids, but gives you an indication of size of their stomach, how much they can handle, what would be typical for a normally developing child to eat. That's 
a lot of detail and uh, very insightful coming from an earlier center. We always use the Canadian food guide and that's how the food portions are created for the kids. Sometimes I see parents worrying with anxiety and big emotions because they're worried that their child's not eating a lot. And we notice sometimes at lunch times, our children are not eating and then we're trying to figure out what has happened. And the parents worry about why the child hasn't ate. We investigated, we noticed we have this toddler coming in with two big who's had cereal with banana, two boiled eggs, hazelnut, and the bread before coming to school. Obviously, that child's stomach is not that ready for lunch. Yeah. That balancing is really important. So thank you for putting that in there. Do you recommend using Canada's food guide for feeding toddlers and preschoolers? So the food guide, it's gotten better. What they do now is they show like a plate and they say, rather than focusing on number of servings from each group per day, we're just going to give you what a plate of a meal should look like. And half should be fruits and veggies, a quarter should be grains, and another quarter should be protein foods. And they've lumped dairy in there as well. Dairy is a high protein food, so they've chunked that all together. So it's a bit better in that people are not obsessing over portions and having to calculate this. But if you think about it, fruits and vegetables are usually almost 100% carbohydrate, meaning a food that will turn into sugar in your blood. And then grains are the same. Sometimes they have some protein in them, but grains are also really high in carbohydrates. So what they're giving us on that plate is a 75% carbohydrate, give or take, diet, which is not a diet that anyone who's studied nutrition would recommend for anyone at any age, and especially not for children. So babies, toddlers up to the age of three are going to need about 30% of their food to be fat, 30% of their diet to be fat. And they need about 20% of it to be protein and about half to be carbohydrates. So it's, it's not taking nutrition uh, into account that way. And even with preschoolers up to adults, we need about closer to 30% protein, 20% fat. So it's still only about a 50% carbohydrate recommendation. And then the other half is protein and fat. The food guide is better than it used to be, but it's still not really ideal, especially for babies. And they don't actually specify on that food guide, high fat foods. These are important for children. Babies' brains and toddlers' brains develop remarkably quickly and brains are mostly comprised of fat. It is really crucial. I know a lot of times as parents right now, we say there's all these diet restrictions as well. Sometimes they're allergy. Can you tell us a little bit about those things in the food guide? What what are your recommendations really? So if you were to ideally split up their plate so that it was half fruits and veggies and grains, it doesn't even have to be grains. They could have like starchier vegetables, like sweet potatoes and squash could be a substitute for grains. And then if the other half were protein and fat, for the dairy, it really depends. First of all, if they're clearly sensitive to dairy, then we want to avoid it, right? If it's giving them a rash, if it's giving them diarrhea, aside from a full-blown allergy, if they're clearly not tolerating it, then you want to avoid it. But everyone else, if you don't think there's an issue with dairy, there's no problem with having it in moderation, right? Like having one or two servings a day is really not going to have a bad impact on most people if they're not lactose intolerant, if they're totally fine with dairy, because it is a high protein. And if you're eating full fat dairy, which most children are, they're not eating like skim milk and and fat free yogurt. They're having regular full fat yogurt, full fat cheese, full fat milk. And that's like a two in one, right? You get protein and you get fat in there together. If you're not doing dairy, the substitutes you need to kind of watch. So a lot of the the milks, for example, they don't have as much protein as dairy milk, but they have some. So oat milk is really the best in terms of nutrition profile substitute because it has a little more than half of what you'd find in dairy milk in terms of protein, but it doesn't have the fat. You're left to squeeze other stuff in there. Other foods that would be higher in fat would be coconut, dried up coconut chips. You can get any kind of nut or seed. I know you can't typically bring nuts to school, but 
that that's something to include in, in snacks and in meals too. Or nut butters, of course, can be put on crackers and, and sandwiches and things like that. Avocado is also a really good high fat food. Toddlers especially can just eat that with a spoon or you can make it into guacamole. Make chia pudding, which is a pudding made with little chia seeds where you soak them in any kind of milk really. And then that has some omega fats in it. And that also has a bit of protein in it. The coconut milk that comes in can is a really high fat milk. Sometimes parents will use that in a smoothie to bump up the fat content, or they can put it in just milk. Like if their kid eats oat milk or drinks rather oat milk, they can mix in some of the full fat coconut milk and any kind of oils, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, even just cooking with those to add a bit of fat. Well, I wouldn't cook with olive oil, but avocado oil or coconut oil, you can cook in. A lot of kids like coconut oil on bread, like a butter substitute. That was a lot of detail. Thank you so much. My next question to you is, how do we know if toddlers and preschoolers are eating too much? There are general caloric requirements. So toddlers go now by by height is 40 calories per every inch of height per day. With preschoolers, we're still doing it by weight, 40 calories per kilogram of weight. So a typical normal amount for a normal sized toddler or preschooler, it's the same actually. It's a between 1,000 and 1,400 calories a day. I don't like people to obsessively think about how many calories their kids are getting, but if you had a concern that they were eating way less than they should or way more than they should, and you're like, there's no way this could be normal, track for a day or two and see, are they eating 2,000 calories a day or are they eating 500 calories a day? It's anywhere in that area. And once you kind of see if their typical diet is that amount, then you know, okay, that's what 1,000 calories looks like. That's what 1,200 calories looks like. And the variation there will come in, obviously their size, a taller child's going to be more and their activity level too, right? Kids that are running around doing sports every day are going to need more than the kids that sit and read and draw all day long. If you're still nursing, and if you're nursing several times a day, then that's going to really impact their solid food needs, right? So if you're like, oh no, my kid's only eating 500 calories of solid food a day, but you're nursing them three times a day, the nursing is going to make up for that, right? It's breast milk, it's very dense, and your body will actually adapt if they need more protein your body can actually sense that if they need more fat, your body will adapt the formula of your breast milk to meet your child's current developmental needs. It's less concerning. But again, if you're breastfeeding more than just one little bit every day, right? So just all these things to take into account when you're getting worked up and thinking something's wrong. (laughs) That was a lot of information, but good one. Correct me if I'm wrong. One day you just don't have that much appetite. You might have less calories where two days after you're going to have more calories. Yeah maybe tracking it for like a week before like this is one of the main things where parents will ask me about quite a bit you know my kids all of a sudden not eating or eating far less and my kids or the next week all of a sudden they're like ravenous they can't get enough food into their system because it does happen it does happen usually it happens with a growth spurt where they'll suddenly be eating like a crazy amount of food or oftentimes kids because of their immune system, they can be exposed to something, they can get kind of sick, but not really. It affects their appetite, they're a bit crabby, and then nothing comes of it. But we wonder what happened that last week, probably they were a bit sick or something, you know, something was processing in their body. So I usually tell people just pay attention to the length of time for a kid to eat a lot more for a week or so is normal for a kid to suddenly double their food intake for an extended period of time for like a month would be atypical people's growth spurts tend to last a few days, not a few weeks, similar for if it dips down, if suddenly they're only eating half the amount, they're not nursing anymore, it continues for weeks, you may want to take a look at what's going on there. And the best way to check is just on the growth curve, they're just maintaining where they typically are on their growth curve when they go for their checkups. Usually it's not concerning. Thank you for that. My next question would be what habits can be introduced or avoid to prevent overeating without damaging the relationship with food? So number one, getting in the habit of adding protein and fat 
in with meals that just gets them in the habit of eating those foods. And those are the foods that can help prevent overeating. Protein and fat helps you to feel full, stops you from overeating. People don't usually binge on steak and almonds as much as they could on chips or cookies or something. And that has to do with protein and fat is really filling. It sends a signal to your brain, stop eating. Then it also controls your blood sugar. If your blood sugar is consistently on the high side, your body's going to store fat much quicker and much easier. But also actual lifestyle habits, you want to try and keep your child on a good schedule where they're eating the same times every day, not a crazy schedule where an alarm goes off and everybody's like at the table now. But just in general, try and keep it to around the same half hour for their breakfast, lunch, dinner, and for snacks. You know, in your childcare center, I'm sure everything is structured where kids are not just eating whenever they want to. Most people have this down with breakfast and lunch because of childcare. The dinner and the after school snacking and things is where things can go a little wonky. So we just want to get in the habit of having kids maybe have snack at the same time after school every day, dinner at the same time every day. That trains their bodies. It adds an appropriate amount of time between meals and snacking so that they'll be hungry. If they eat at three o'clock or 3.30 even, they're probably going to start to get hungry around 5.36, depending on your child's metabolism, right? Whereas when people are kind of just snacking whenever and eating and random, oftentimes they don't leave enough of a gap between the snack and then if your kid's eating a snack at 4.30 and it's like half a bagel and they're three years old, and then you serve them dinner at 5.15, they may not be hungry. And then, but two hours after dinner, they're hungry because <laughs> the thing is, everything's kind of snowballs, right? So just trying to stick to a routine. And in between, if it's really close to a meal and they're hungry, give them something really not super filling like cucumber slices or fizzy water even. We don't want to deprive them of food, but we don't want to load them up with food right before a good meal. I'll be honest with you, I'm thinking of adult meeting with you at this stage. <laughs> so I'll just super quickly say another thing is to avoid boredom eating. So sometimes when kids are bored, we tend to like throw granola bars to kind of get them out of our hair, which is fine on occasion, but just try not to make that a habit because they'll associate boredom with like it's time to eat and that can lead to overeating. Another one is eating in front of screens, right? When we're mindlessly eating in front of screens, we're not paying attention to hunger cues. We're just eating and that can lead to eating more often than you or more amounts than you typically would. I understand where you're going with that. So my last question is, how do we know if our child is at healthy weight? So the key usually is going to be the growth curve. If your child is in that normal range of where healthy, normally developing children are, they're probably okay. Again, the issue is if they're all of a sudden jumping up. For the first three years of their life, if they were on the 20 percentile and all of a sudden they're in 90, it may not be cause for concern. Maybe take a look at what's going on. Like has all of a sudden their food consumption bumped up and why is that, right? Sometimes it's a transition and they're getting fed too much at daycare, they're more stressed. So they're stress eating. We're seeing this more with children as young as like three and four are stress eating these kinds of mental health, but really paying attention to that curve is the best way to do it. I tell people like, don't pay attention to clothing sizes because there's a huge range, even with adults, right? I take, you know, different sizes based on where I buy my stuff. So if your six-year-old is wearing 10-year-old clothing, it's not necessarily because they're too big. It's just maybe this manufacturer is small and there are a lot of other factors too, right? If you're noticing that your child is bigger, if you're like, hey, they're clearly overweight or if a doctor has told you like your child is overweight and I'm concerned about their health, we never want to put them on a diet. All you really have to do is adopt those changes that I've said, giving them more proteins and fats, getting them on a good routine where they're eating at the same time every day, getting rid of those habits where they're eating out of boredom, out of, you know, mindless eating. You won't need to ever put them on a diet because they will just naturally plateau or they'll get to a normal weight. They'll, well, their height will usually catch up with their weight. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was 
was really insightful. I guess, is there any word of wisdom you want to leave with us today? I guess don't feel bad if you don't know what is normal with children and eating. What is what is normal, first of all, as in typical, like what most children do, and what is healthy recommended, the nutritionist recommended. The majority of parents don't. The majority of parents don't know what other kids are eating and how much and if that's normal. And the majority don't know all the nutrition requirements. We don't take home economics anymore. We don't learn, you know, parenting nutrition as part of our basic schooling or anything. And not everybody reads all the books, right? So don't feel bad. And just you're probably doing okay. If you want to make some changes, you can start making those little changes that I said. Instagram there. There's a question here. Do you want me to answer this question? Sure. Okay, how to get toddlers to eat more vegetables with toddlers, especially because they're very young, just keep on offering, keep on offering with no pressure. Don't bribe them. Don't try and threaten them. Don't say you're not eating this until you eat this. Just literally keep putting vegetables on the side of their meal or snack. Don't pressure them, but also um, like also make sure you're giving them something that you know they like. So if you know they like fruit, but they don't like veggies, keep on offering them the veggies on the side of fruit and just make no big deal of it. Children eventually will eat what they're exposed to and they'll eventually try it. If we don't pressure them, they get curious, they get hungry. They get... The more you make it a fight, the more it's yeah. a fight. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So once again, thank you so much, Shauna, for your support and coming to Inventive Minds. And we do have another event coming up with Shauna. What is that topic? Colds and flus, uh, using nutrition to prevent colds and flus uh, in kids. So we're looking forward to having Shauna back and we wish everyone a great afternoon. Please feel free to reach out to inventivekidswithaz.com and look at our other events and workshops coming up in our family center. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Make sure to check out inventivekids.com events for other parenting workshops, courses, and events. Thank you.